0: Soundtrack. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We now bring you President Donald Trump's speech from the Turning Point USA. Political Action Conference here in West Palm Beach, Florida, in its entirety. Of Turning, Point Action and Turning Point USA, and I want to thank our good friend Charlie Kirk for everything that he's done to build Turning Point. It's incredible what he's done in a very short period of time into one of the most powerful grassroots organizations in the entire nation. It's really uh, timing. Timing couldn't be better. Do you agree with that? His newest project for mobilizing early voters will be a difference maker in the next election. And it's going to make them it's going to make it a much more difficult job to cheat because we're going to swamp them. You know, when you start swamping them, but they cheat, they cheat, they'll do anything they can because they don't have policies open borders no voter id high taxes high interest rates uh, the only way they win is by cheating we're also delighted to be joined by representatives matt gates where's matt gates i love matt. where is he he's great thank you matt thank you matt no oh, i'm glad you stayed Matt. i'd be very disappointed <laughs> Yeah, he's a great, great gentleman and a brave man, too, I will tell you that. Anna Molina, Luna. Luna. Anna. Uh Thank you. Very great job. I watched those speeches. Another man that uh, is going places, and he's going places fast. Spectacular person. Friend of mine, Byron Donalds. Byron. Byron. Thank you, Byron. I can't miss him. I can't miss him. Big and strong. A man running as a candidate, Republican candidate, I think he's going to do very well too. A state that we won by a lot twice. And that's the state of Ohio. We love Ohio and we love Bernie Marino. Bernie, where are you, Bernie? Bernie Marino? Bernie? I hear you're doing well. A man who's gone through hell, but he's kept going and he's smart and he's strong and people love him, not everybody, but people love him and respect him. Roger Stone, where's Roger Stone? <laughs> and another man, I, you know, I say maybe I shouldn't uh, be introducing him because uh, he's a consumer man. He's not really a political man, but he turned out to be a very good political man. He understands what's happening. And every time I introduce him, he gets a tremendous applause. Mike Lindell. Mike. Good Mike. He never lets us down. And speaking of fighters, this is a true fighter. A, this is a real fighter. This is not a fighter with the lips, the mouth, the teeth. This is the real deal. He's a champion Fighter, UFC, he's got a huge fight coming up, one of the biggest. I don't know how the hell they do it, you know, 400, 500 shots to the head. And he's smarter than hell. I mean, how does that work? But he's here with us, champion Colby Covington. Where's Colby? Now, if I ever saw him on the street, I'd say I could take him. But it would be over fast. It would be it would not if i was trying to impress somebody it would not be impressive kobe thank you and good luck with the fight we'll try and be there great thank you very much kobe one of the greatest he has no idea i'm doing this but that's okay because he likes to keep his life private he's one of the greatest businessmen in america anywhere in the world actually what he's done is unthinkable unbelievable he took Marvel, from a little company, bought it out of bankruptcy and made it into one of the biggest, most powerful movie companies anywhere in the world. One of the largest owners of Disney stock. I don't think he's thrilled with uh, the woke Disney, but I read today where they're going the other way now. That's good. But his name is Ike Perlmutter, and he's a spectacular man. Just spectacular. Where is Ike? Where is he? got to be around here someplace. He wants no adulation either. He just loves working and employing lots of people, but he, uh, he's done many, many companies, and he's been one of the most successful businessmen on the planet. Sixteen months from now, each of you will vote in the most important election of your lifetimes. This will be the most important election. With your country, your freedom, and your future on the line, we are in trouble. This country is in trouble. The election will decide whether your generation inherits a fascist country or a free country whether you will have a rule of tyrants or the rule of law, whether Marxist radicals burn our civilization to the ground which they're looking to do, or young patriots like you propel America to glorious new heights greater than ever before. Side by side, we're going to fight and we're going to win. We have no choice, actually. We're going to evict Crooked Joe Biden. You know, I took the name off of Hillary. You know that, right? Everybody here knows that. It was Crooked Hillary. It was very successful. But I think she's out of it now. But no, I thought it was more appropriate uh, because he's crooked as you can get. This is the most dishonest president in history. And I wouldn't have said it. You know, I I have pride in the presidency and respect for the presidency. I wouldn't have said it. But i say things about him over the last three weeks that i would have never said before about any president uh he is a corrupt horrible incompetent man and he's destroying our country and we have to have it changed and with god's help we're going to save america on november 5th 2024 and when i said originally in 2016 it's the most important election i meant that this is far more important this is far more important because our country is ready to go down ready to go possibly into world war three and this won't be a war like others this will be a nuclear war and the level of destruction it's called obliteration it's not two army tanks going back and forth shooting at each other this is big stuff and we have a man who's grossly incompetent who doesn't even know where he is who can't put two sentences together and this is the man that's telling us what we're going to be doing under biden Hope and opportunity for young people. So many young people here are being utterly extinguished in the Biden economy. One third of Gen Z and millennials have no savings accounts and no saving whatsoever. They have nothing. They have nothing. Home ownership has been pushed out of reach for millions with the rate of 30 year mortgages up 177% since I left office. And by the way, that's nothing compared to energy, where we were energy independent. And now you look at what's happened to energy. We're getting our energy from Venezuela. You believe that one? Real wages collapsed 26 months in a row. Real wages because of inflation and various other things that are happening. Typical Americans have seen their incomes crushed by $7,400 a year since Biden took office. Think of that each year, $7,400 dollars that comes out of very very official offices this is the number the biggest pay cut in many decades nobody's really seen anything like it i don't believe millions of illegal aliens have stormed across our borders it's an invasion of our country that's an invasion just like a military invasion our rights and our liberties are being torn to shreds and your country is being turned into a third world hellhole ruled by censors perverts criminals and thugs But as I stand here tonight, I know that the young conservative warriors and you are warriors of Turning Point will never let this happen. You can't let this happen. Every day you defend our values and you never yield and you never will yield to the radical left. That's why you are the ones who are going to take back America. You are the ones who are going to make America great again. From the earliest days of our republic, every generation has been called to defend America. You always have that, defend, but people say it not with the bravado that they say it now, because now they really mean it. We're in big trouble. Today, the greatest threat is not from the outside, the greatest threat is the sick sinister and evil forces trying to destroy our nation from within if you have the right leadership China's not a problem if you have the right leadership Russia's not a problem they would have never done what they did believe me they would have never done and I spoke to Vladimir did you see the other day two days ago he called he told the, he's talking up to the president of Ukraine, and he said, uh, Vladimir, he meant Zelensky. Vladimir over here. Oh, I mean, uh, huh. That was one of the good days, too. Vladimir. Vladimir, I'd like to thank you for being here. Huh? Actually, he didn't know he made a mistake there to tell him. Your task. Your calling, your historic mission is to liberate America from these communists, fascists, Marxists, globalists, and warmongers who want to plunder the future of our country, and that's exactly what we are going to do together when we all together become the 47th president of the United States of America. I did that did that. This is the biggest crowd. And I think you loved our four years, but I also think I've, you've watched the last three years, and you draw a comparison that makes it even more so. But uh, I do appreciate it. But it's a record crowd, and uh, that's great. And I'm very happy for Turning Point and Charlie and everybody else. They've come a long way. They've come a long way. I will quickly stop Joe Biden's inflation nightmare, worst inflation in Many years, they really don't know how many. They say 52, but I think it's much higher than that. Restore energy independence and bring down interest rates so that young people can once again afford to buy a house and a car, the basic American dream. The American dream is dead under Biden. We will have the American dream back very soon. We will rapidly rebuild the greatest economy in the history of the world. We had that, you know, we did it twice. I did it the first time and then we had COVID come in, a gift from China and that came in and when I gave it up, we had a rigged election and when I gave up the uh, the reins, so to speak, uh, we had, the stock market was higher than it was before COVID came. The day before COVID came and we had a higher stock market despite the hell that the whole world had to go through because of what came out of the Wuhan labs and I used to say that the Wuhan labs, they used to censor me, they used to say, oh, that's terrible, it turned out to be, we were right, we were right about a lot of things, we are right about almost everything, maybe everything, but we'll do that once again, after 50 years of leftist domination of the universities, I will take bold action to reclaim our colleges from the communist left. american radicals will no longer be given a free hand to dominate our institutions of higher education. Using my leverage, and it's a tremendous leverage, and I used it before very well, you know, we put penalties on them if they wouldn't let conservatives or anybody speak, big, big penalties. All of a sudden, everybody was invited to speak. I don't know if anybody knows that, but you sort of felt it, uh, but it was very good. But it was somewhat artificial. Because they were doing it because they would have had huge monetary penalties but at least we were getting the word out everybody should be able to speak but using my leverage over college accreditors we are going to choke off the money to schools that aid the marxist assault on our american heritage and on western civilization itself the days of subsidizing communist indoctrination in our colleges will soon be over And, you know, I will say this, this is a, I would say, very largely conservative group. I call it common sense group because I think a lot of conservatism is common sense. When they ask you for a definition, it starts with common sense. But uh, I tell them uh, very often that you will be shocked to see colleges, even the ones that you hear are most liberal. We have tremendous numbers of people out there. I think even more. They don't speak up as much, but they're starting to speak up. You know, when you see Bud Light and when you see all of the things that have happened, I mean, you take a look at that, they're down 37%. The company is, nobody's ever seen it. And you know, the the radical left has always used that. They've used their buying power. They'd sort of name a company and go after a company. We've never done it. That just happened... Uh, by osmosis, actually, but it's also happening. I heard Target mentioned today and various others. And we have tremendous power to make sure that our country goes down the right tracks. We're going to smash the Marxist diversity, equity, and inclusion bureaucracies that are driving up tuition costs. For any universities that want federal student loan dollars, we will also require them to offer real job placement and career services, as well as options for accelerated and low-cost degrees. Uh, These institutions have gone up, the pricing has gone up more than just about any industry. You, You look at their costs and they drive them up because the federal government gives loans to everybody, so it's more expensive. But somebody has to pay back that loan, except under Biden. But the Supreme Court decided that that wasn't going to happen. My administration will strictly enforce last month's landmark Supreme Court decision to move our country forward with a merit-based system of education. If you get great marks and if you've worked hard and you did all of the things, you're going to get into that college. Somebody with half of the energy and the marks and all of the things necessary to get in. That's what we have to have. We have to have our absolute most brilliant people. This is such a competitive world. We have to have our most brilliant people going to the most brilliant schools and universities. And now, that's what we have. These are... These are some of the things that we've done for this country, and they are big, and a lot of them people didn't think would happen, and if colleges persist in continuing to violate your civil rights, we will have their endowments severely taxed and fined, and a portion of the seized funds used as restitution for the victims of these racist practices, they're really racist practices. In addition, I want to close the Department of Education and move education back to the states where it belongs and where parents have total control of their children's lives. That's a big thing. You know, we have the worst education system just about in the world. We spend more per student by double and triple than any other country and yet we're ranked at the bottom of the list, like out of a, a group of 40 nations, we're 38, 39, and yet we're double and triple per pupil, because we're gonna move it back to the states, like the states, we we'll have a little, tiny, tiny, little, just to make sure they're teaching everybody English, you know, a little bit of guide. We wanna make sure they're teaching English, but uh, a little tiny coordination, but not much. Like about, how about an office the size of this podium? One person. Nevada, you got to do a little bit better. No, we're going to do a job. We're going to do a job, and we're going to have great education. And, you know, it's uh, much more pinpointed this way also, and the parents can be much more involved. It's not this big bureaucracy. And then we'll be able to sell all those buildings that are occupied right now for so much money. So much money. Pay off debt pay off a lot of the debt, and we have plenty of it. Under my leadership, we will bring back free speech in America just last week. (laughs) We've had some amazing rulings, you know that. Just last week in a historic ruling, a brilliant federal judge ordered the Biden administration to cease and desist from their illegal and unconstitutional censorship in collusion with social media. In other words, the election was rigged. That's just another way of saying... Just another way of saying it. You can say stuffing the ballots and we have that too. We have everything you can have, but that's another way of saying. It. In fact, they did a report some of the great pollsters, Fabrizio and McLaughlin and some of the great ones, and they said anywhere from ten to seventeen points difference because of what they were allowed to do. So that was a rigged election in so many different ways. A lot of this is just coming to light. Uh, If you saw the FBI Twitter, if you saw what happened with Facebook, DOJ, uh, terrible, terrible thing. If we don't have free elections and great elections and honest elections where everybody believes in the election and we don't have strong borders, we don't have a country. And we're going to bring our country back. We're going to take our country back under the next Trump administration. The censorship industrial complex will be defunded, dismantled, and destroyed. We're going to destroy it. One... 100%. And any federal bureaucrat who has a hand in illegally silencing the American people will be fired immediately. Is that okay? This is just the start of what we will do for America's young people. We have to do it for the young people because the young people want to have a great country as they get older they want to have a great country for their children and their grandchildren it's no surprise that we're very big in the polls very very big we have been like a rocket ship it's been very nice to watch i'm pleased to report that i heard you weren't too happy with this particular uh network fox but I understand you exactly, but not exactly friendly. But in the Fox Bowl that was just released, which is which makes it even bigger if you think about it, we lead the field by 50 points among young voters. Think of that. With Trump at 64% and a gentleman named Ron DeSanctimonious at 14%. He's at 14%. And I don't know why he's not here this couple of days but he should be here he should be here representing himself in this week's morning council paul of voters nationwide it's trump 56 percent to sanctus at 17 percent in ohio we're ahead by 44 points in tennessee we're up by 49 points in new hampshire we have a great team and we love those people We lead by 37 points, and when asked who's the best to improve the economy, it's Trump by 54 to 18 in Iowa, 55 to 11 in New Hampshire, 59 to 12 in South Carolina, and 65 to 10 in Nevada. Kobe, that's where Kobe comes from. You hear that, Kobe? So they have plenty of money to pay you when you win your fights, which you always seem to do they were leading biden by a lot in the recent echelon poll of swing states we're up by seven points over biden you know it doesn't sound it's actually a lot but it doesn't sound like much you know they have a natural advantage Uh, they have certain states rigged or not i don't know we'll figure that out at some point but they have certain states and it's seven's a lot but we have another poll we're up ten we're up eleven we're up nine and we're up 12 that's a lot you know hard to believe that's a lot uh, you'd almost say who the hell would vote for this guy the whole thing is such a mess but they have a natural constituency what can i tell you you know who the constituency is and uh, a lot of that constituency like unions as an example a lot of them are voting for us maybe the top guy who's a you know natural taken care of by the democrats but i'll tell you those unions are voting for us And A lot of people that traditionally don't vote Republicans They're just fed up. You know, they're Democrats, but you have a lot of great people that love our country. They want to make our country great again. They want to make America great again. They're going to vote for us. We had a big turnover and a big crossover in uh, 2016. We have it now, too. We had it in 2020. Actually, we had it much more in 2020. We got a hell of a lot more votes than we did in 2016. And by the way, in the brand new Florida Atlantic poll, good poll, Atlantic University. We are totally dominating this right here in the state of Florida. So we want him to get home and take care of insurance because you have the highest insurance in the nation. Mm-hmm. And the bill that they passed made it very good for the insurance company. All the money that he's using, which now is stopped because all of the people that were supporting him, they're saying, hey, wait a minute, you're down by 57 points. You know, they may like him or they may not. But they don't want somebody that's down 57 points and uh, you know they don't they're not stupid people they're smart people in fact all of a sudden i'm getting calls from people they're saying you know sir i just called to say hello i said i thought you were a dissectist follower I said, no not at all that was a false reporter it was never that close by the way it was never that close but it was at 21 22 points that's a lot different than 50 and 60 points but running for a hopeless cause is election. It should be used to support the party winning against crooked Joe Biden in November 2024. We got to fight together. We have to all get together, and we have to fight. I watched some of those interviews given by Tucker yesterday. Tucker's terrific, and I watched some of the interviews, and I'll tell you, it wasn't a, it wasn't a pretty picture. If you watched them, they were they were bad. I hope you didn't watch because it would. Like, life-ending, career-threatening for those people. <laughs> some of them, I won't tell you who, but some of them were really bad. Now is the time, you know, when a guy gets, he's polling at one. One. One guy actually was, I'm sure it was a typo. Probably it was because so many people vote illegally, so it probably wasn't a typo. He's at zero with an arrow pointing left. And I say, how the hell does that happen, Matt Gates? How does that happen? And you know what happens? It's zero. That's because you have more than one voter. So, you know, you have you have a family that votes nineteen times instead of two times. Now is the time when Republicans should be using those funds to build a state-of-the-art vote gathering operation to swamp the Democrats cheating and ballot harvesting. Instead. The Sanctimonious and his establishment handlers are wasting such precious time and resources to divide the party. They're dividing the party. Although he's dropping so quickly, he's probably not going to be in second place much longer. I wonder who he's going to be. Maybe it's Vivek. Vivek. Could be. be. He's doing well right when we should be uniting against the unprecedented weaponization of law enforcement by crooked Joe Biden and the communist left. So I took the name crooked away from Hillary and we gave her a new name. Beautiful. I call it beautiful. beautiful. (laughs) And, And, but I took it away because I wanted, I don't believe in the same name for two people. I don't like that. And I've never done this before. You know, I have it. And you have to live with that name for the rest of your life. I'll go over the different names, but I won't. Because many of them are now friends of mine, okay? But I took the name Crooked off and I gave it to Joe Biden because he's so corrupt, okay? So I just think it was better than Sleepy Joe. I came up with Sleepy Joe. Maybe he was less sleepy than we thought. As you know, Biden recently ordered his top political opponent. Oh, I think that happens to be me. Indicted and arrested right in the middle of a presidential election that Biden is losing very badly. This is a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time, which has been fully exposed in the Durham report, the IG report, by Inspector General Horowitz, who did a fantastic report and by great writers, journalists, and pundits all over the world, like John Solomon, Lee Smith, Greg Jarrett, Sarah Carter, and so many others. And I have to tell you, they don't get Pulitzer's for this, but if you look at uh, people like Sean Hannity, right? Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram has been really good, and uh, I'll tell you what, Tucker Carlson. I used to say, I used to say, for me... I used to say Tucker's a solid 6 out of 10, but the last year and a half, he was a 10. That's probably why they canned him, right? He was a 10. (laughs) Now he's been great. Jesse Waters and Megan Kelly. She was the one that gave me that terrible question where I said only Rosie O'Donnell. Thank God I came up with that. I would have been... Because she had plenty of other names going. I didn't like that. The place went crazy. Nobody ever heard the other names, so I considered that a very good answer, but... But that was a hell of a question. But she has been all, and she's been great. And by the way, not to me. She's been great for the country. She wants our country to survive, so it's not for me. Greg Kelly over at Newsmax. The Newsmax people have been really, really mm-hmm. terrific. Newsmax has been terrific. Uh, Pete Sath is great. Rachel Duffy has been great. Will has been... Great, they have a terrific show. You know, not all of Fox is bad. I'll mean, I tell you. It just, but there is an attitude, attitudinal, right? It's attitudinal. Get Biden to say that, okay? But there's so many others at, at many different outlets now. They're seeing it, and even people that weren't necessarily with us, they see that we were right. That our country's going to hell in a handbasket, and they wanna, they wanna have a country. They wanna have a great country. The primary purpose of what they're doing is also very simple, and it's uh, never been done in this country anywhere near like is happening now. It's called election interference. It's a form of cheating. You know, it's going to be hard for them to cheat the way they cheated when they used COVID to win an election. This is election interference. It's indicting people, making people go through hell, uh, destroying their families, doing things that nobody ever thought was possible and this is how they've this is really how low they've fallen this is an attempt to win the 2024 election and so far, and I hope it continues but so far it's had the opposite effect I mean it's really lifted us to new heights because people know it's all bullshit Okay, they, know it. they rigged the presidential election of 2020 We're not going to allow them to rig the presidential election of 2024. And Charlie and all of the people at Turning Point, I know, are going to be very active in the election, very, very active, and they're not going to let it happen. And he's going to be almost, you could say, in charge of certain states that we won by a lot, and they... They just, what they did was so terrible to this country. The only thing I can say is we've now seen how bad it is, how bad their policies are. So in one way, that's the only way, but in one way, we're showing the world, we're showing the country how bad they are. Open borders, how stupid is open borders. All of these things that they've done to destroy our country so we can actually be more effective in the next four years because of it, because it's so bad what they've done. Charging a former president of the United States under the Espionage Act of 1917, this is meant for developing a nuclear weapon in your basement, is one of the most outrageous and vicious legal theories ever put forward in an American court of law. It's considered one of the meanest, most vicious acts. It's a a very, very unfair and horrible act that was passed in 1917 and for many, many years In Congress, they've been trying to get rid of it because it's so heinous, it's so horrible. And by the way, Biden has 1,850 boxes of documents. Many of them are classified, and he's not allowing them to stay at University of Delaware. He's got boxes in Chinatown, D.C., Chinatown. He's got boxes at Penn, the Penn Center, where China gives tens of millions of dollars a year and where he makes a lot of money. And he's got boxes under his Corvette on his garage floor with a garage door that you can cut open with a scissor. We know those doors. You lift them up. They advertise them. You lift it up with one hand. This is the protection. And where Hunter lives, I believe that's where Hunter lives. And these are documents. Now, why hasn't he been charged under this act? Why hasn't he? It's probably 30 times the number of documents. And I had the protection, it's not the protection, it's the law, but I had the protection of the Presidential Records Act, and they don't, it's never been used, this act, this heinous, horrible act, has never been used before for this, anything like this, but it shows you how nasty and horrible this administration is, these are nasty, horrible people, the espionage, think of that, the word espionage. The other is called the presidential records. That's what it is. It tells you exactly what you have to do. And basically it says the president makes the determination. And it's a civil act. It's not a criminal act. It's a civil act. And it only pertains to the president. So it wouldn't pertain to Biden because he wasn't president when he took all those documents. But why isn't he, think of it, why isn't he charged with espionage? It's really, we have a two-tier, but the people of the country will not stand for it. Under the Presidential Records Act, again, not a civil, this is civil, not a criminal law. to had every right as president. You have every right to have these documents, personal belongings, and whatever else there is. Joe Biden didn't have the right. Mike Pence, and let's let him go. He had a couple of documents. Let's let him go. Let's let him go either because he wasn't president it only pertains to the president they were not covered by the presidential records act but these scoundrels and thugs they all come after trump let's go after trump you know why because we're leading if we were down in the polls or if i was not running if i was in a nice location somewhere getting a beautiful suntan saying isn't this a beautiful work but i'm fighting for you that's all i'm doing What? We created, prior to COVID coming in, and then what we did to get it back was incredible, but prior to COVID coming in, created the greatest country ever in history. We had never African American, Hispanic American, Asian American women, men, uh, people with no diploma, people number one in their class at Harvard, Wharton, MIT, the best schools. Uh, Everybody had a job. And even... People on the left were calling me, let's get together. Success can bring the country together. We had the greatest success. That was the most successful period in the history of our country. And when people ask me, you know, because we talk about the left, we talk Marxist, and we talk all this, you know, do you notice how many people, and they're on my side, so I don't want, but do you notice I started using the Marxist and uh, all of fascist? I started putting in certain words into my talks and speeches. Do you notice how many people are now using those words? Everyone's, I noticed coming into the plane, everyone's talking about the Marxists. We've got to stop the Marxists and the fascists, but I don't care if I'm copied because they're right. We've got to stop them because they're bad. But I will tell you, during this period of time, I was getting calls from people that we would consider to be Marxists and fascists and others. People that you would not believe, and they wanted to get together. They would never seen anything like it. Everybody was working. We we were energy dominant, really. We were getting ready to be. We were going to sell energy to Europe and to all parts of the world. We were at a level that we've never seen. We had $1.87 gasoline. We had everything going. I had Anwar approved. Even Ronald's friend and uh, some of our people, Roger, as an example, big fan of Ronald Reagan, but uh, he tried to get it done anwar couldn't get it done the bushes of course couldn't get it done uh, they didn't come close but everybody wanted everybody wanted anwar bigger perhaps than saudi arabia in terms of liquid gold in alaska i got it done and the first thing they did is cancelled it and they cancelled the keystone pipeline and then energy started to go up and then everything went to hell and that's what caused the inflation And we're going to be drilling, and we're going to be doing all sorts of things, and inflation's going to come down rapidly, and the interest rates, therefore, will follow. And we're going to have a country that I think it'll be unprecedented. Uh, The one thing we have to do is we have to get a lot of the criminals that have been allowed to come into our country, we have to get them out because we we have some bad ones. The crucial legal precedent is laid out in the most important case on the Presidential Records Act, ever on this subject known as the Clinton, that's Bill clinton socks case. You know why socks? Because he took it out of his socks. I didn't take it out of my socks. I had boxes piled up in front of the White House and everybody's taking pictures of them because I wasn't hiding anything. He took it out of his socks. After leaving the White House, Bill Clinton kept 79 audio tapes in his socks and in his sock drawer. That's why it's called the Clinton socks case. They included discussions of U.S. foreign policy options, both defense and offense against Cuba, the recordings of President Clinton's conversations with the biggest foreign leaders then in the world, sensitive facts about trade negotiations taken from presidential briefings, discussions with the Secretary of State about the conflict in Bosnia, which was a tough one, and so much more, really big stuff took it out, these were recordings, took him out in his socks, they found him in his sock drawer, nothing happened to him, not only was Bill Clinton never even considered for criminal prosecution based on the tapes he took, but when he was sued for them, the government sued him civilly, not criminally, they didn't say you're going to go to jail under the Espionage Act, but when they sued him he won the case. Judge Amy Berman Jackson's decision states, and very conclusively, Listen to this, quote, Under the statutory scheme established by the Presidential Records Act, the decision to segregate personal materials from presidential records is made by the president during the term of the president and in the president's sole discretion, not other people. Any normal administration, even an opposing one, would consider that to be the end. That's the end of it but not when it comes to Trump and not when it comes to a candidate that's beating their candidate by a lot. This has never been done before. In other words, not the corrupt the Biden regime. The Socks decision also states, quote, the National Archives, listen to this, that's NARA. NARA, very left group, by the way. They have the Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights red flagged. You know why? Because they consider them to be dangerous documents, okay? This is the group that's after me the national archives and records administration nara does not have this is her decision respected does not have the authority to designate materials as presidential records it's not up to them nara does not have the tapes in question and nara lacks any right duty or means to seize control of these tapes the president enjoys quote the president enjoys unconstrained authority to take decisions regarding the disposal of documents now this is a law passed in 1977 presidential records act neither the archivist nor congress has the authority to veto the president's decision totally up to the president which is me does not pertain to the vice president or anybody else the presidential records act does not confer any mandatory or even discretionary authority on the archivist, that's NARA, to classify these records. Under the statute, this responsibility is left solely to the president of the United States, your favorite president, me. (laughs) (laughs) They indicted me. Have to be a lawyer to understand those words. That's very as uh, simple as it gets. They indicted me. In other words, whatever documents a president decides to take with him, he has the absolute and unquestioned right to do so. This is a law that was passed and signed. And that's the law, and that's the way it is, and it couldn't be more clear. And I will quote from a paper that I would say has not been on our side too much. But even the new york times in a major article said that when it comes to asking for documents from former president the only power that nara has is to say to the president of the united states pretty please could we possibly have the documents quote asking nicely is about all they can do that's all they can do think you didn't hear this stuff you know you read about espionage and insurrection these people are sick they're sick and yet they reported me to the department of justice for criminal prosecution now you see you hear what the law is? that's the law by the way there were many other cases that backed that up too i didn't even know that until two days ago many other cases back that up Nothing like this has ever happened to our country before. That is why no other president, even those who kept far more documents than I, like Biden, who wasn't president, and that's very dangerous, by the way, because he doesn't come under the Presidential Records Act. When he took all this stuff, he wasn't president. But it's never even been investigated. Nobody else was ever even investigated over this, let alone charged with a very severe crime the good news is the people understand it they get it and that's why we're leading by more points we work we were doing very well but it went up who else gets indicted and their poll numbers go up the reason is because people understand it's a political way of interfering with the election i always had tremendous respect for the office of the president i had tremendous respect beyond respect So I never hit Biden as hard as I could have or as hard as I should have, to be honest with you. I never did. I just had too much respect for the office, even the office of vice president, he was vice president. But now with my indictment, I mean, they arrest you. Think of it, they arrest your opponent in an election, an opponent that's winning by a tremendous amount over this person and they arrest you and that's worse than ballot stuffing i think but it should have the same kind of an impact but they didn't know when they raided mar-a-lago which is unprecedented they took away you take a look at the fourth amendment i mean they took away my constitutional rights they raided my home think of it fbi agents pouring into a house carrying guns of a former president of the united states it's such a it's such a serious thing such a horrible thing but with my indictment over nonsense and over exactly what i just read to you where you make the decision for purposes of election interference i said you know now the gloves can come off because i never thought anybody would do a thing like that neither did anybody else so we'd be rough politically rough but we would never like this because i would never have said this even though it's true But I I don't think I could have said it before, but now it's very easy to say Biden is the most corrupt president in the history of our country by far. Every time the radical left Democrats, Marxists, communists and fascists indict me, I consider it to be a great badge of honor and courage. I'm doing it for you. I'm being indicted for you. Better me than you, right? Just sitting there saying, hey, I'd rather have it. We love our president. Let them indict him. We don't want to be indicted. And I believe the U is more than 200 million people that love our country. Far more than 200 million. Meanwhile, as we've been persecuted for seven years, because this didn't just start with the boxes. I call it the boxes hoax. It's a hoax. But this didn't start with boxes. This started seven years ago when we came down the escalator, your great first lady, future first lady, at the time. And despite having done nothing wrong, the White House just announced they've dropped the investigation into the West Wing cocaine scandal of just a few days. Think of it. They have cocaine going into the White House. They've got more cameras than any building probably in the world. It's opposite the Situation Room. I said it the other day, first time, you know, Situation Room, know it very well. Probably the most important room anywhere in the world. That's where war is decided, where nuclear is decided, where everything is decided. They say, oh gee, we didn't have any cameras. Like hell, they didn't. By the way, at Mar-a-Lago, which is not the Situation Room, we had tapes and we handed over all our tapes, gladly handed them over. Take a look. And then they say, oh, there's somebody walking around with a box. We're allowed to do that. But think of this, we had tapes, and we handed them over. Well, they said they don't have tapes, they don't happen to have it. This investigation, and that's a big deal, the cocaine. The cocaine by itself is a big deal, but it could have been other things. It could have been a dangerous weapon, so to speak, a bioweapon, but they ended it in just literally a few days. Now, I've been under investigation from really 2015 from the day I announced. From the day I came down the escalator, and actually, when you think about it from before that, because it was a poll that was taken where I was leading before, they said, if he ever runs, he's gonna win. Then you know, people did tend to know me. That's when I had a nice, easy life. What I do for you, you have no idea. I had such an easy life. I Thank you very much. I I appreciate it. But somebody, very, very successful person, man, who's one of the most successful people, said, I don't know how you take it. I said, do I have a choice? Because these are scoundrels. He said, no, I don't know how. Could I ask you a question, President? If you had it to do again, would you do? Because I did have a great life. If you had it to do again, would you do it? I said, without even a question. Because we did something that nobody else could have ever done what we did during that period of time was incredible and more importantly now we're going to do it again and we're going to do it even better so it's uh, it's never even a doubt not not even a little doubt in my mind and i have to say because with all the fake news back there if i said oh gee it would be headlines he wished he didn't do it no no I'm very glad I did it, and more importantly, what's coming up is gonna be uh, greater than ever before, I promise you that. But never forget our enemies want to stop us because we are the only ones, and that's all of you and me all working together, who can stop them? We're the only ones that can stop them. They wanna take away my freedom because I will never let them take away your freedom. It's very simple. They want to silence me because i will never let them silence you and in the end they're not after me they're after you and i just happen to be standing in their way that's true but i was starting to say a little while ago that if i were instead of leading by 30 40 or 50 points or whatever a lot if I were, uh, I noticed Megan, I saw her a little while coming in, it's on the television, and I, I was watching, she was great, and she said, you can't beat him, he's got like a 40 or 50 point lead. But, you know, if I didn't have a 50, let's say I was losing, or let's say I wasn't running, none of this stuff would be happening. None of it would, if I were lo- if I were down by 20 instead of up by 50, uh, maybe I'd have to be down by 30 or 40 but if i were down in the polls or if i wasn't running if i didn't do this i would not have any of this stuff but you know they've they've mobilized the ags and the das and they actually in the new york DA, they actually took their top man out of drj and they put their top man do you know this byron they took byron's such an incredible guy by the way he made a good speech too he made a good speech he's got a big big future all of those three that I introduce have an incredible future but uh, what they did is something that you just can't do what they're doing is something that is just not permissible and people were shocked even the fake news was very surprised I promise you this that if you put me back in the White House their reign will be over and America will be a free nation once again it will be free I ran twice I won twice I did much better the second time than I did the first, it's true. Getting millions and millions and millions more votes the second time than I did in 2016, and likewise getting more votes than any president in the history, sitting president in the history of our country by far. And you know, I also had the biggest margin. You know, usually, when a like Obama, he ran, he got much fewer votes, many fewer votes the second time. You know, when he was re-elected, he got much less than he did the first time. Most presidents are like that. You know why? Because people get bored. They get bored with their president. You're never gonna get bored with me, I promise you. That'd be so insulting. That'd be very insulting. But from a voting standpoint, no president has ever gone up that much. I went from 63 million. We got 63 and we won. I was told by the pulses, if you could get close to 63 again, you're going to win in an absolute landslide. Well, I didn't do that. I got close to 75 million, but that's what was reported. We got much more than 75 billion and we didn't win. Uh, so explain that one. But we won. And now we're going to do it a third time and there are going to be no mistakes. We're going to be watching that. We're going to swamp them one way. You really when you swamp them, you get so much. There's only so many ballots they can produce. And you know what i mean by that so uh we're gonna swamp them and i've never seen spirit like this we've never had you know we had great spirit in 2016 and would have rallies with 25 30,000 people we had a rally the other day in south carolina where we had over eighty thousand people coming on just a few days notice it was incredible We had great support. You know, again, we got many millions of more votes. The second time, we had tremendous support, tremendous enthusiasm. We have never, ever had enthusiasm. Even look at this crowd. We've never had enthusiasm like we have right now. And a big part of that is you see how bad they're running our country, how incompetent they are, what China's doing to us, what everybody's doing to us. The country is laughing at our leader. They think he's a gross incompetent. That he doesn't know what he's doing and he's totally corrupt. Other than that, he's doing a wonderful job, isn't it? What a what a it's such a sad thing for our country to be represented by this guy. I was watching his recent meetings over in Europe, and he doesn't know where the hell he is. He's on a stage, and he wasn't too sharp 30 years ago. Okay, he was not the sharpest one in the pen. Just think of what we already accomplished in four incredible years. We delivered the largest tax cuts and regulatory cuts in history. And likewise, we built the greatest economy ever in the history of the world. China was going to catch us for 20 years. 2018, China was going to overtake us. We, we were doubling up. We were so far ahead of them, they never had a chance. And if we had a smart president, they would never be able to take us. We achieved energy independence and energy dominance was going to be there right around the corner for the first time in about 78 years. I think probably more than that. I don't think we were ever dominant. We created the most secure border in US history, built nearly 500 miles of border wall. I hear this sloppy Chris Christie guy. He said, Trump only built 47 miles of what yet before. Then they checked with the border patrol and the people that do that almost 500 miles of wall. And remember this, remember this, I said Mexico is gonna pay for it some way. They gave us 28,000 soldiers free of charge. That's more than any wall, that's more, and they did that for years because while I was building the wall and Congress fought me tooth and nail, including some Republicans, they fought me like Mitch McConnell, they fought me tooth and nail. And I ended up taking the money out of the military. I took the money out of the military because I considered it an invasion of our country. And we built almost 500 miles of wall. And then I said, we completed that job. And I said, you know, we're going to need some more because people are coming around other areas. So we ordered 200 miles of additional wall. It was ready to be installed. Could have been done in three weeks. It was all there. It was all built. The hard part is getting it there and building it, building it and getting it there. And uh they didn't want it to go up and that's when I first I guess believed that they actually want to have an open border. It's so crazy. With people coming in, the likes of which you don't ever want in your country. But we got Mexico to give us twenty eight thousand soldiers free of charge and that was hard. I like the president of Mexico, he's great, he's a socialist, but you can't have everything, right? But he's a great guy. And they laughed at me when I said, I want you to supply twenty eight thousand, that's what we need soldiers along the border while well, we're building the wall. And they said, why would we do that? I said, you just have to do it, please do it. I would appreciate it. We will not do that. I said, well, are you sure? Uh, then they sent the representative to see me at the State Department with a woman that was very good. She worked on Mexico for 25 years. She said, sir, they'll never do that. She'll never do that. They'll never do remain in Mexico. They'll never do catch and release into Mexico. Right. They'll never do any of these mm-hmm. things. I said, yes, mm-hmm. they will. No, they no. won't, sir, they won't. I said, yes, they will, you watch. The guy comes in, the top representative comes into the office. I said, we need you to give us 28,000 soldiers for our border, please. He laughed at me, thought I was a fool. And I said, no, 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 don't, uh, you're going to give me those uh, soldiers. No, 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 we cannot do that, sir. We cannot How foolish request!" I said, no, no, you're gonna do it. You're gonna do it. And if you don't do it on Monday morning, we're gonna put a 25% tariff on every single product coming out of Mexico, including cars. <laughs> of what you stole from the United States. You know, they took 32% of our car manufacturing business by stupid presidents that allowed it to happen. We didn't allow it to happen. Now it's happening again. I hate to tell you, Michigan and all the states that are so good, it's happening again. They're taking the car business. The electric cars, are not gonna be built here. They're gonna be built in China mostly. But I said to them, I said, uh, I'm signing this, 28,000 soldiers, and uh, what's the story, sir? Uh, I'd like to be able to make a call. Do you mind if I come back? So I told him about the twenty-five percent tax tariff, and he uh, comes back about three minutes later. Sir, we'd be uh, delighted to supply you with twenty-eight thousand. We would be delighted to give you all the soldiers you want. Please don't do that to us, sir. Please, I beg you. No, he said we'd be delighted. It was. A, it would be my great honor to give you twenty-eight thousand on behalf of the Mexican government. And these were very good soldiers they were not politically correct either they were said you cannot come in and we had the greatest numbers uh, anywhere we deported also illegal alien criminals like ms-13 gang members that killed people for fun and a number nobody's ever seen before thousands and thousands i never got enough credit for that whole day, but we had the safest border in the history of our country now we have the most unsafe border i think in the history of the world no country would allow Millions of people to just walk across the country. We have no idea who they are. I fully rebuilt the United States Military created Space Force defeated Isis something which they all said you couldn't do I did it in four weeks because we have great generals We have great generals. We have not the ones that you see on television. The real generals that we have And we have uh, we have great great Generals and we brought our troops back home. We got them back home, but we defeated Isis And I was the first president in decades who didn't start a war. I didn't start a war. We had peace through strength. As I was building that military, we got more and more bravado going. But they respected us. We did a great job. But we do. We have great soldiers. You know, it's very important for you to know that we had a case with ISIS. I was told it would take three or four years to defeat ISIS. And we had a... uh, I wanted to see because I couldn't understand it, you know, they're great fighters, by the way. And uh, I said, I want to go and I want to see what's going on with that, because we wanted to go to ISIS and we wanted to do the Taliban in Afghanistan. And so I went to uh, Iraq and I landed at this big, beautiful air force base, cost billions and billions of dollars to build. I landed in the dark of night, sir, would you please turn off your lights? 21 years I have to turn off the lights to Air Force One, would you please? And we actually came in in a tanker. And I'm saying, you know, with all the money we spent, 21 years, we're flying in on these planes at dark. And, uh, you know, I tell the story. uh, Should anybody want to hear the story? So I get on Air Force One, and we're getting ready to land in Iraq. And uh, they come, we're about an hour and a half out. Sir, we'd like to uh, turn off all lights in the plane. Oh, why? Why? Why do I have to turn off lights? Sir, we want the plane to be totally dark. We're going to be landing in an enemy zone. I said, we've been fighting them for 21 years. We got the best weapons. What the hell is the enemy zone? But we know, sir, we, uh, we're landing in an enemy zone. So I said, uh, all right, close it up. Then they come in, sir, we're going to close all the blinds. Uh, we're talking blinds, this. I mean, there wasn't a light in the plane. I couldn't see where the hell I was. <laughs> I had a meeting with some people. I couldn't even see him across the desk. It was just great. But I said, you know, I want to go up, and I want to see the landing, and I want to go. I have great respect for these pilots. You know, they look better than Tom Cruise, okay? They, they're, these guys, they are the most handsome human beings I've ever seen. I don't like being with them too long because, you know, you get an inferiority complex, like the crew. crew. Yes, sir. They're, they're perfect people. You know, the top... 10 people whatever fly air force were the best people you've ever seen so anyway so I wanted to stay with the pilots and you know because I'm hearing about this landing and uh, we're an hour and a half and then half hour I so said I'll go up with the pilots so they're leading me along the hallways. It's, it's crazy think of it we can't control that it's so terrible and I go and I'm sitting right behind the, uh, the captain the plane and uh, him and the, uh, the co-pilot and the others there were a lot of people up there all like uh, central casting you could make a movie with every one of them could be a star and make bigger stars than they have right now today who the hell do we have we don't have stars today we have rosie today we have rosie wasn't that a lucky answer when i gave that to make she just said to me what a great answer that was because it cut off that question that was a horrible question but so i'm sitting with the pilots And, sir, we're getting ready to land, and they have, I don't know if anybody sat in one of these big commercial plays, but it's incredible. They have a computer voice, and it goes out, sounds like a person, but it's not, very official. 1,900, 800, 700, and it goes down, that's feet. Now, 700 feet when you're in a 747 is not high. That's real low. 600. 500 i said captain uh, captain are we okay because you know i'm used to landing and you see lights ahead right you know it's called a runway yes sir we're fine sir. he's like you know um i'm saying captain uh i don't see any lights He said, sir, we don't need them. We have the finest equipment in the world. I said, oh, that's great. 400, <laughs> 300, 200, 200 feet off the ground. We're in this massive plane. And the wheels are down now. Everything's down. And I see the ground see, you know. It's, but everything's like black, just dark, not a light. And I say, Captain, we're okay. He goes, yes. And then. Bing, boom, 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 boom. We land perfect, beautiful landing. These guys, I don't know how the hell they do it. In fact, I put myself up. I asked my people, I felt so brave in doing this. I said, am I entitled as president to give myself the Congressional Medal of Honor? I would have done it too. I would have done it. I would have done it. I wanted the Congress, I thought I was so brave. I got out of that room I'm like soaking wet I'm saying so I walk out and then the stairs come down I said great job captain stairs go down and uh, there's a general standing there with another general and a couple of drill sergeants and a master sergeant and every one of them was like perfect perfect I said that's the way you're supposed to look not that looks mean anything of course they don't we know that right but that's the way so I'm walking down the stairs. I said, what's your name, General? He says, Kane, sir. My name is Kane. What's your first name? Raisin. So Raisin? Your name is <coughs> Raisin. So your name is Raisin, can you, sir. General, you're the guy I'm looking for. I said, you're the guy. Then he introduced me to the other general, handsome guy. Then the couple of sergeants that were great. One of them drill sergeants. He would have been great in the movies playing a drill sergeant. And we went to him, sir, would you like to rest for a while or we can meet you tomorrow? I said, rest, I've been on the plane for 20 hours. He was thinking about Biden, see, he was thinking. Biden would say, first of all, he wouldn't go there. But he would say, yeah, let's rest for a few days. No, I don't want to rest. I want to go and find out what's going on. So we met with General Raisin Kane in a hall staff. I said, so General, let me ask you this uh, question. We've been fighting ISIS with the best weapons in the world. We've been fighting them for many, many years, decades, and we don't seem to win. And I asked a couple of our Washington generals who, a couple of them I fired. You know that I fired them because I thought they were incompetent. But I asked a couple of our, they were incompetent, by the way. I asked a couple of our generals, why is it that we can't defeat ISIS? We have the best equipment in the world. We have the best weapons in the world. Nobody even close. We have... Things that nobody, uh, that I won't talk to you about, but we are, unlike Biden, where he tells everybody we have no ammunition, how about that one? We have no ammunition, but we're going to give more, oh boy. By the way, that's classified information, you know that, right? I wonder if they're going to prosecute him for that. What a stupid thing to say, though, if you're running, you know, what a stupid thing to say, to say you have no ammunition. So I said, so General, and they tell me it would take years to defeat ISIS, and they're not sure they can do it. Uh, what do you think? Sir, we can have it done in three weeks. This is Raisin Kane. I said. I said, General, explain that, please. Well, sir, when we were here, we only attacked from this base, and this base is very far away. By the time we got there, we had to come back. But we have many satellite bases, and we have other bases in the area. And, sir, we'll hit him from the front, and we'll hit him from the back, we'll hit him from the left to right. We'll hit them from above and we'll even go underground if necessary. We'll hit them from so many locations, sir, that they won't know what the shit is happening. And I said, uh, how sure are you of that? He said, sir, three weeks, maybe four, but you will have time left over. Now, you have to understand, I was sold in Washington this thing would take years and years. We've been fighting it for years and years. That's why I went to Iraq to find out why can't we win? Why can't we do this? Why can't we defeat ISIS, okay, the ISIS caliphate? And so I said, General, I'll speak to you during the week, and uh, I appreciate what you told me, and we stayed there for a little while. We had... Uh, lunch and dinner with the troops and then I got back on the plane and then we left and I came back and then on Monday or so I called I said you sure you can do it General I'm sure sir we can do it sir I said good General let's go do it and he just went wild and then they said called him up I said, I heard you're making great progress. Yes, sir. We're going to have time left over. I told you that, sir. I said, uh, So what's the status? Well, we have more all cornered now. We have a lot of them cornered now. I would like the uh, approval to take them out. I said, You know, these are human lives you're talking about. No, sir. This comes, sir. This comes. They kill our people. They kill a lot of people. They kill the own people. They're bad people, sir. And, I mean, Again, I, you know, I'm telling you this story because we have a great military, because you hear these buffoons, they can't get out of Afghanistan, they take our military out first, they leave 13 dead soldiers, and what they don't tell you is how many were horrifically wounded, their face, their arms blown off There, and these are incompetent people. I didn't lose one soldier in 18 months in Afghanistan, not one. So I said to him, so General, what do you want to do? Take them out, sir. Just give me the order. I don't know, General. How about surrender? Do you think they'll surrender, sir? They don't know what that means. They don't know what a white flag is, sir. They don't surrender. You know what I'll tell you, General? Fly over them a few times with those big, beautiful X-16s. The F-16s are very scary. I said, just go fly over them, and maybe you'll get them to surrender. They won't surrender, sir, but I'm going to do that. So a couple of days later, he said, sir, we flew over them. And they're not doing anything other than they want to fight. And I said, then what you have to do is you have to do what you have to do. And he did his job. And I'll tell you what, uh, we defeated 100% of the ISIS caliphate. And I said, now you can come home. Come home, General. Come home. I tell you that story because it's important for you to know our military is great. We just have incompetent leadership, grossly incompetent. And Putin went into... When Putin went into... Look, I mean, it's so sad to see. When he went into Ukraine and he, you know, did what he did, he would have never done that in a million years. It wasn't going to happen. I used to talk to him. It was the apple of his eye. I knew that. I knew him very well. I actually had a very good relationship with him. Everyone said, oh, that's horrible. Don't forget, I'm the one that closed down his pipeline. I'm the one that gave them the javelins, you know, the anti-tank buster. When they say, Obama gave him sheets, Trump gave him javelins. Uh, I was the worst thing that ever happened to Russia, but I got along with them. But think of it, I closed down the biggest job they ever had, which was a pipeline, which was going to make them so much. Biden, in his first week, approved the pipeline and let Russia build it. I had it turned down. They had started and it was almost finished and I stopped it. Who could do that but me? Nobody else is gonna be able to do that. Nobody, I mean, I look at all these candidates and they're lightweights, but no, nobody else is gonna be able to do that. So I stopped that, did so many other things, and then the disinformation Democrats, these people are disinformation, so they're good at, they say, uh, Trump is soft on Russia. I was soft on Russia. We wiped out all those tanks with the guns. I gave them, think of it, and all the sanctions I put on, and yet I got along with Putin. But the apple of his eye was Ukraine. I said, Vladimir, don't do it. It'll be so bad for you if you do it. We will hit you harder than anybody has ever hit you. You got lucky with Germany, they froze. You got lucky with Napoleon, they froze. We're not gonna freeze. You know, missiles aren't freezing as they're pouring. And he didn't believe me, but he believed me 5%. That's all we needed, right? And I had the same conversation with uh, President Xi of China. It was the same same conversation with President Xi. I said, don't, don't go into Taiwan, President. And I had a great relationship with him too. You know, it's funny. The ones I got along with best were the tough ones. The weak ones. The weak, squeamish ones—I didn't get along with them so well. You know, I could na- give you some names, but I won't bother. But the tough ones—Kim, Kim, Kim Jong—he's <laughs> going. Please give us Kim Jong Un. I got along with nobody tougher. Tremendous nuclear capability. Nobody tougher. When we came down, and when I had that little session, seating session, which is traditional with President Obama, he said the single biggest problem we have is North Korea. They said, have you spoken to him? No. Have you called him? No, but he actually did 11 times, according to Kim Jong-un, which I believe. Uh, there aren't a lot of phones over there. They have one phone in the communist headquarters, so <laughs> it's, it's not a lot of phones. But we went very nasty. It was a little rocket band, remember? And it was all the different things. I was calling him names. He was calling me names. He said, I have a red button on my desk, and it works for nuclear. I said, I have a bigger button on my desk, and my button really works, you know? <laughs> a lot of people thought it was dangerous, and all of a sudden I got a call. I'd love to get together, and we got together, we saved the Olympics in South Korea, nobody was going, nobody was buying tickets, they didn't want to be bombed out of the stadium, and as soon as that happened, we we even put North Korea into the Olympics, it was a whole thing, we did a great job, we get no credit for it, but we did a phenomenal job, and there was no threat of nuclear, remember I went there and I walked across, uh, Secret Service and all of the people said, please don't walk into North Korea, but I did, I walked into it, and boy, there were a lot of guns pointed at me, I'll tell you. But but we did, and we got along with them great. And we would have had a deal with them had the election not changed. We would have had a deal with Iran. Iran was dying to make a deal because we had them cut off. I told China, if you buy any oil from Iran, you're not going to do any business with us. And they stopped buying oil. Everybody stopped. They were ready to make a deal. We would have made a deal that was great for everybody. No nuclear weapons. You can't give them nuclear weapons. Now they're going to have a nuclear weapon. Now you have, think of this, China is building in Cuba. Okay, does anyone know that? They don't even talk about the fake news. They don't want to mention it because it's so bad. But China's building in Cuba. This is 90 miles off our coast, and nobody does. When I get in, they'll be gone within 48 hours. They will be. They will be. Can you imagine? When the Marxists toppled statues of our great heroes, I immediately signed an executive order stating that anybody who even lightly defaced a federal monument in Washington, remember they were going crazy, or statue would get 10 years in prison, no probation, no anything. And three years ago in September of 2020, I proudly signed the world's very first ban on critical race theory, vanquishing those racist trainings from the federal government long before anyone else had ever heard of them. But all of that was only the beginning. With your support in 2024, we are going to put America first like never before, and we are going to finish the job that we so successfully started. You know, many people, it was four years, but many people say it was one of the most successful presidencies ever. Some people say it was the most successful presidency. When I get back into the Oval Office, I will totally obliterate the deep state. They will be obliterated. We know all the good ones now. You know, when I went there, I'd only been to Washington 17 times in my life, according to the fake news, and 17 times, and never stayed there. So I wasn't a Washington uh, establishment person. But I didn't know the people. I had to rely on people to give me names. And largely, we got great names. You know, we got the tax cut. We did so much, we rebuilt our military. But there are people that I wouldn't have put there, and I will fire all of these corrupt bureaucrats because now better than maybe anybody else i know the great ones i know the smart ones i know the dumb ones i know the weak ones i know the stupid ones but i know the ones because i know everybody in washington i i got a i got a phd in learning about the people of washington and those people that i introduced a little while are at the top of the list too i will tell you that And we will create a Truth and Reconciliation Commission to declassify and publish all documents on deep state spying, censorship, and all of the corruption that's gone on in our government. And before I even arrive at the Oval Office, just all I need is the victory. I don't have to be there yet, but the victory. Shortly after we win the presidency, I will have the horrible war between Russia and Ukraine totally settled. We'll get that settled very quickly. As I said two days ago, Biden gave up a lot of secrets about the condition of our country and our military with the ammunition, which is very, very classified, and the cluster bombs going to Ukraine. And just the other day, he announced he's sending thousands and thousands of troops, despite the fact that the U.S. military has been so badly depleted already. We're sending thousands of troops. And the problem is we're in there for almost 200 billion, and Europe is in there for 20 billion. Now, Europe is the same size as us approximately, if you add all the countries, they're approximately the same size as us, as the United States. And why aren't they paying the same amount or more? But they're not. Mm -hmm. Not a single American mother or father should have to worry that their child will be sent to die in Eastern Europe. And I'll make a deal that's fair for Ukraine and fair for Russia. I mean, we we gotta make a deal when i was on this crazy show on cnn i don't know if anybody got to watch at the town hall, town hall you know they supposedly got the highest ratings in 11 years and they ended up firing the president over it so we must have done well they fired the president it's supposed to be the app you get your highest ratings and they should give him a raise right but this conflict has to end and when i'm president it will be done very quickly i believe in 24 hours now Somebody like Ron DeSanctis cannot do it because he's owned and controlled by the globalist establishment who always puts America last. We all saw how quickly DeSanctis reversed himself on Ukraine. You know, it's funny, the other day they were doing a a street news show and they said, and ladies and gentlemen, we have Ron DeSanctis here and they scream, no, it's DeSantis!" you know. So, that's called good branding, they, they can't even get his name right. The guy's introducing him as the Sanctus, I love that. By the way, the way I feel about him, just so you know, because it's a very personal media society, we have nothing to do, right? We have nothing to do. But the way I feel, I got him elected, they'll tell you that. He was dead. He was losing to Adam Putnam by a, a margin like 30 points, some massive margin. It was over. Putnam had 30 million, he had no money. He came to see me, he said, he's looking for a job as a lawyer or something, pizza parlor, lawyer, he'll take anything. Mm -hmm. He begged me to endorse him. I said, listen, if I'm Abraham Lincoln, if I'm Lincoln and Washington together, we gave you a joint endorsement, you can't win your 2 for No, sir, if you endorse me in the state of Florida, they love you in Florida, if you endorse me, I'll win. And he helped me on impeachment hoax number one and two a little bit. Not nearly like a great Jim Jordan or any of those guys, but you know he was one of 175 congressmen, because about 175 would go on television. And I'd see him on television a little bit, so he was fighting, so, and I didn't know Putnam. So I said, you know what, Ron, let's give it a shot. So I said, give me something you'd like. He gave it to me, I thought it was terrible, I rewrote it. And he went, went up like it. a rocket ship. He went up so fast that he ended up winning the primary very shortly thereafter in a landslide then he had to get the guy who as you know was a crackhead but at the time they thought he was the next great president he was going to be a president of the united states a handsome guy he was going to be the president of the united states and by the way uh i will take byron over this guy. this was not a good representative this was not a good representative byron But he was a handsome guy, looked good, spoke well, everything was good, and pretty much unbeatable. Him and Stacey Abrams, he was the hottest woman, he was the hottest man, they were gonna have a great future. Didn't work out that way. But but they took him, and Ron said, I don't think I can beat him. I said, you'll beat him. I did three rallies, thousands and thousands. You know the rallies are the greatest. We're starting the rallies again now. But the rallies are the greatest. And we had three of them, and he ends up winning. And he said, "Uh, I won. I said yeah i told you you're gonna win then three and a half years later they scream out a question to him will you run against the president will you run against him he goes i have no comment i said no comment that son of a bitch is gonna run against me i got him elected (laughs) so if anybody has any questions as to why i take it a little person i do take that little person I know I'm not supposed to. You know, a lot of pro-politicians, they say, don't ever tell a story like that. People don't care about loyalty. I said, I think they do care about loyalty, okay? I actually don't. But I'm the only one that can make this promise. It's a big promise, especially for you in this room, because you're young and you have a big life ahead of you. I will prevent World War III. We're going into World War III. This whole thing about sending troops There's going to be a point at which it's not going to be stopped. To stop the destruction of our national wealth, I will impose a border tariff on all foreign-made goods, everything coming into our country. They're ripping our country, and we're not going to let... We want our products made in American factories by American workers in Florida and other states. And I will also pass what we'll call the Trump Reciprocal Trade Act. That means that if China's charging us 100% for something, we will charge them 100% for something. If they're 150, we will charge. Right now, they charge us 100. Now, I built it up because we took in billions and billions, hundreds of billions of dollars from China with the tariffs I put on. They want to take them off so badly but they don't have the courage to do it because politically i think it would be disaster but more importantly financially for us it would be a disaster i saved the steel industry the people that love me the most are the steel people because you wouldn't have a steel industry right now so if we had a war against china we'd have to get our steel from china does that work i don't think so we need some tanks we need steel let's get it from china Now, we we saved the steel industry. We will gain total independence from China, and we will hold the Chinese Communist Party accountable for unleashing the China virus upon the world. We will do that in some form, in some form. I will immediately terminate every open borders policy of the Biden administration under Biden. Other countries are emptying out their prisons, insane asylums, mental institutions, and dumping everyone, including the most vicious terrorists in the world right into the usa uh i have something did anyone ever hear the snake does should i do it because we're gonna go long you know we're gonna go a little long that means you're gonna miss your dinner but i have a feeling you like this better do you like this should i do the snake should i the snake you know it's about 100 degrees out so we're outside you say no please don't do this but it's great. This was a, a great song written a long time ago, and uh, we sort of recast it, but it's true. And it has to do with terrorism. Uh, we're allowing people to come in. They're going to destroy our country. We have to get them out. We have to take them out. So this has to do with the fact that people are coming into our country through our borders. Very sad and very terrible thing is happening, and many of these people are very bad. On her to work. And this is... Uh, Who's heard this, by the way, just before? Who's heard this? That's pretty good. It's amazing how few, because they do it. But I think it's pretty terrific. On her way to work one morning, down the path along the lake, a tender-hearted woman saw a poor, half-frozen snake. Her pretty colored skin had been all frosted with the dew. Poor thing, she cried, I'll take you in, and I'll take care of you. Take me in, O tender woman, take me in, for heaven's sake. Take me in, O tender woman, sighed the vicious snake. She wrapped him up all cozy in a comforter of silk and laid him by her fireside with some honey and some milk. She hurried home from work that night, and as soon as she arrived, she found the pretty snake she'd taken in had been revived. Take me in, O tender woman, take me in, for heaven's sake. Take me in, oh tender woman, sighed the vicious snake. She clutched him to her bosom. You're so beautiful, she cried. But if I hadn't brought you in by now, you truly would have died. She stroked his pretty skin again and kissed and held him tight. But instead of saying thank you, ma'am, the snake gave her a vicious bite. Take me in, oh, tender woman, take me in for heaven's sake. Take me in, oh, tender woman, sighed the vicious snake. I saved you, cried the woman, and you've bitten me, but why? You know your bite is poisonous and now I'm going to die. Shut up, silly woman, said the reptile with a grin. You knew damn well I was a snake before you took me in the snake. And that's what we're doing. We're taking in people that are very, very dangerous people. We're allowing them to come in and they're being sent in here by the millions and millions and millions. Following the Eisenhower model, we will use all necessary state, local, federal, and military resources to carry out the largest domestic deportation operation in American history. Title 42, which they ended, to end the child trafficking crisis by returning all trafficked children to their families in their home countries immediately. And to further deter illegal immigration, I will sign a day one executive order ending automatic citizenship for the children of illegal aliens, which brings all of those family members in with them. As the horrific riots in France have proved, we must also redouble our efforts to ensure that anyone who comes to America shares our values and assimilates into our culture. We want people who can love our country and cherish our country. (laughs) Under the Trump administration, we imposed extreme vetting and put on a powerful travel ban. To keep radical Islamic terrorists and jihadists out of our country and with great success, you know that. You didn't see anything about that for four years, did you? And you would have seen a lot of it. When I return to office, the travel ban is coming back even bigger and much stronger than before. The United States will not be condemned for the same fate as countries like France, which are truly going through hell right now. I will also order our government to deny entry to all communists and Marxists, as required by law. Our bigger problems is getting the ones that we have here out. The ones that got elected to office, we got some bad people, uh, Shifty Schiff, and these people are sick people. They're bad people, they're liars and bad, bad people, and I believe they hate our country. Our Democrat-run cities are more dangerous now than they ever have been in history. Crime has risen 100, 200, and even 300 percent. It is out of control with no end in sight. Just a few months ago, a savage illegal alien criminal in Texas with four prior deportations walked into his neighbor's house and executed an eight-year-old boy and an 18-year-old man and three innocent women, two of whom died immediately along with a six-week-old baby and a three-year-old girl. This all took place in a very short period of time. The same week, an illegal alien in the sanctuary state of California went on a multi-day killing rampage, stabbing to death a 50-year-old man, a 20-year-old college student, and attempted to murder a 64-year-old woman. In the Bronx two weeks ago, a savage criminal, previously convicted of attempted murder, went into the streets and sprayed a hail of bullets into a crowd, One of them hitting a precious five-year-old girl while she was riding her father's car. In Washington, D.C. on the 4th of July. Washington, D.C. So beautiful and not beautiful anymore. I kept it beautiful. If I saw one tent or two tents or three tents as I was coming in from the airport, I'd have them taken down immediately because I knew that you'd have a hundred tents and a thousand tents if you don't do it. But you should see Washington, D.C. right now. In Washington, D.C., on the 4th of July, nine people were viciously shot in a single drive-by shooting that targeted an Independence Day celebration, including a nine-year-old child. It's about time for the federal government to take over Washington, D.C., and run it properly. Run it with sense. Run it strongly and end the crime. Washington, D.C., crime has become a crime capital of the world. Our national capital is not being taken care of the way it should be. We have to take care of it, we have to cherish it, we have to love it. And if we don't do that, it's uh, very, very sad. You take a look at the numbers, people don't want to come in anymore. You have tents all over, the sidewalks smell, it's a horrible thing. The federal government has to take it over and do everything that has to be done and it has to be tippy top. It has to be perfect and bring it back and make it better than it ever was. And we can do that pretty easily. Is the people that are running it don't have a clue, or they do have a clue and they don't want to see it good, but it is really bad. To stop the Marxist prosecutors who release rapists and murderers while prosecuting and persecuting conservatives, Republicans, and others, I will direct a completely overhauled DOJ to investigate every radical district attorney and Attorney General in America for their illegal, racist, and reverse enforcement of the law. To combat the scourge of homelessness that is plaguing Democrat-run cities. I will use every possible authority to get the homeless, drug-addicted, and dangerously deranged people off the streets, and will get them medical care, but we can't have what's happening in San Francisco and Los Angeles and New York and Chicago and every other Democrat-run city. In all cases, they're Democrat-run. The liberal policies that indulge these social maladies are not compassionate at all. They're an insult to law-abiding, hard-working citizens who are living in danger. They're living in danger. People that love their country and they can't believe what's happening. They can't walk down the street. Atlanta, Atlanta, you can't walk down the street for a loaf of bread, you'll end up being shot. But then they come after me for a perfect phone call. You believe I make a perfect call? I have lawyers on the other end of the phone. On the other side nobody said oh it's inappropriate i only talk appropriate i know how to talk and i have a perfect phone call they said well was he pushing the election now i was complaining about a rigged election very simple and the other lawyers on the phone representing the state and the secretary of state if i said anything wrong they would have said uh we don't like what you said how dare you say no they didn't say that in fact we set up another call for the next day but now I understand that they're looking at that call. Think of it. You got murderers all over Atlanta. Nobody can walk out and they come after me. Remember the perfect call I made with Ukraine? The president of Ukraine, Zelensky. That's why I I, mean, I respect him because he could have grandstand said, oh, I felt threatened. He didn't feel threatened because it was a perfect call. Fortunately, we had it taped. This is even more perfect. But they want to do anything because they're sick, deranged people. And I don't think the people of the country will stand for it. On day one, I will sign a new executive order to cut federal funding for any school pushing critical race theory, transgender insanity, and other inappropriate racial, sexual, or political content on our children. We want great schools to lead to great jobs and to great lives and great success. I will keep men out of women's sports. How ridiculous. ridiculous. How ridiculous, and I will sign a law prohibiting child sexual mutilation in all 50s, states. Could you imagine 15 years ago having somebody stand up here and say, we will stop child mutilation? Who would ever think of this? Our country is sick. The world is sick, frankly. And I will restore the Trump ban on transgender in the military. Had it stopped, totally stopped, and they approved it. I will not give one penny to any school that has to... If you have a vaccine mandate from kindergarten through college, you don't get anything. You don't get anything. I will also continue my long record of standing up to Big Pharma by creating a special presidential commission to investigate what is causing The decades-long increase in childhood diseases, autoimmune disorders, autism, obesity, infertility, and other chronic health problems. Just as I did four years, for four years we did this, I will fully uphold and support the Second Amendment. Nobody has ever done a job like I've done on the Second Amendment. And I will tell you, uh, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, but we defended the Second Amendment like nobody else could have. I will defend innocent life. And nobody's done more than I have. And I will move heaven and earth to fully secure our elections. Our goal will be one day voting with only paper ballots. And of course thing called voter ID. The reason they don't want it is because without it, they can cheat. Actually, 88% of the Democrats want voter ID, but the leadership doesn't want because they can't cheat. Much harder to cheat. We want voter ID one day. We want paper ballots. We'll have elections. France just had an election, 36 million people. By 10 o'clock in the evening, it was over. No complaints, it was over. You had a winner, you had a loser. But we go back to paper ballots one day voting. You can have one day voting. It would be so good. If you have these elections, they last 54 days. Where are those ballots? And I said, well, uh, let's see. Uh, I think we would move them over to a different county. But until then, Republicans must compete and we must win. We have to win. This is what we must do to restore our country to greatness. The USA is a mess. Our economy is crashing. Inflation is totally out of control. China, Russia, Iran, North Korea have formed together as a menacing and very destructive and quite powerful coalition, very powerful. Our currency is crashing and we will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat in 200 years if we lose the world standard in currency. That would be unthinkable. Couldn't have happened three years ago, couldn't have even happened. But it won't happen with me, not even a chance, just like Russia would never have invaded ukraine never never ever and by the way they didn't you know a lot of democrats even say i gotta say trump kept them they didn't they didn't even come close they would have never done it and china would not have even thought about raiding taiwan if you took the five worst presidents in the history of the united states and added them up they would not have done near the destruction to our country as joe biden and the biden administration have done We are a failing nation, we are a nation in decline, and now these radical left lunatics want to interfere with our elections by using law enforcement. It's totally corrupt, and we won't let it happen. 2024 is our final battle. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state, we will expel the warmongers. From our government, we will drive out the globalists, we will cast out the communists, Marxists, fascists, we will throw off the sick political class that hates our country, and we will rout the fake news media, we will defeat crooked Joe Biden, and we will drain the swamp once and for all. We made a lot of progress, but it's pretty good. closing, the great silent majority is rising like never before. And under our leadership, the forgotten man and woman will be forgotten no longer. With your help, your love, your vote, we will put America first. We will make America great again. Thank you very much. Thank you, Turning Point, And God bless you all. God bless you all.